Welcome to another edition of Game Changers for Government Contractors, everybody. Today, I've got my partner, Josh Frank, here with me, and we are going to be talking about how we work well together, what to look for in a partner, that sort of thing. So before we kick things off, Josh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you and kick us off with that? Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. And uh, I, I assume you're talking about business partner, right? That is correct. That I is, just felt like correct. in today's day and age, I had we to are not that, that. We are not that kind of partner. I think unless you are a brand new first time listener, most know that I'm your business partner here at RSM Federal. And I'm really excited about today's session. We've had so many of our clients, so many of our members over at FA and, and so many of our connections ask us, how the hell do you two work so well together? And so when you came to me with the recommendation to do this podcast today, I was pretty excited because I get to air some of the dirty laundry. Yeah, I get to pat you on the back here and there. This is really important because we have a lot of clients that have said, I don't like my business partner, or I've got three or four and one of them's not picking up their slack, whether it's financial or it's trust. I think for those listeners that are either looking for a business partner or they have a business partner and they're trying to figure out, should I really still be their partner? This should be a mm. really awesome episode. Yeah. And I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate 300 episodes of the podcast than doing yeah. something like this on how we work well together. So this is episode 300 of how Josh and I have managed to go 300 episodes and well, eight well, years it's, it's, of the it's, podcast, it's, right? Well, it's how you, well, how you and I, it's how I've been able to put up with you for yeah. 300 episodes, nine years. So, but no, I love, yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit, a little bit of virtual hugs, maybe some tears along the way. We'll, we'll see what happens. So I thought what we would do is we separately made a list of why we work well together. And I figured we would just <laughs> kick things off by sharing the list blindly <laughs> and seeing what's on each other's list. So why don't you go with the first one? Okay. And just for our listeners, we really did this blind. We purposely told each other, Mike, you make a list of why you like working with Josh and, and I'll do the same for you. So this really is blind. The first one, it is the most important for me, but it's not necessarily why we're successful. And that's fiscal mm. responsibility. I think we have consensus on this. It's not about the money. It's about the money. That's Absolutely. one of the phrases I'm always saying. Nothing else matters, right? If you're not making money, both partners have to understand fiscal responsibility. And this is, for me, it's more than, you know, oh, I know how to balance a checkbook. I know how to pay expenses and bring the, the revenue in, the paychecks from our clients. And then how do you put it in QuickBooks? No, I'm talking way more than that. It is a philosophy. It's a strategy of fiscal responsibility. And I really believe, and this is the way we do it, right? That one has to have the lead on it in terms of the day-to-day, -day, the day-to-day. -day. One of the partners leads, but you have to have unwavering trust. And if mm -hmm. you don't have unwavering trust, like you and I have, I mean, there is just total trust when you're spending money and we make our joint decisions, but you trust me implicitly and I trust you implicitly because we both have strong fiscal responsibility. So that's my first one. That's a good one. And it wasn't on my list. No, so literally no. the first one on your list is not on my list. It probably falls under some of the ones on my list, but yeah, it wasn't, sure. it wasn't that 
of an obvious one. I'll take it a step further with that one is it's not just about the big decisions. It's about the simple stuff. So when we look at travel, we're not both flying first class. We're not going and saying, oh, we're going to have $200 mm-hmm. dinners every night while we're out of town. We're looking at what's the smart way. You know, when, when we went to Hub Zone, I was like, dude, I'm not flying <laughs> to that. I could drive for 75 bucks. And along the way, I'm like, hey, ship the books to me so we don't have to pay FedEx on the back end to receive the books and ship the yeah. booth to me so we don't have to pay FedEx to, you know, receive the booth. And just those little dollar things that eat at people where they're like, ah, eh, just let the company pay for it. And we're like, no, that's out of our pocket. Did you know we have our own government contracting community? It's called Federal Access. And inside Federal Access, you have all the tools, tips, strategies, documents, templates, everything you're ever going to need to be a government contractor. But you also get brought into our ecosystem. You get into our private LinkedIn group and you get into our live events and all that kind of thing when you become a member of Federal Access. To learn more, go to federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. We always say that a company is doing one of two things. It's either making money or it's spending money. You're doing one of those two things. Those small things you're talking about, you can't just be fiscally responsible. You have to understand business. None of this works in a vacuum. And you and I don't, not anymore, we really don't have to talk in detail about those smaller expenses because we both understand what's right for the company. When companies go, oh, you know, this is your 15, this is our 15 years in business. They go, you're a small business. And I go, yes, we're still a small business, but we operate as a startup. I want our listeners to think about that for a minute. 15 years in business, millions and millions of dollars in revenue. And we still operate as a startup. And the fiscal responsibility that goes with acting as a startup it's a mindset that you've got to mm-hmm. have. And if only yeah. one of the partners has that mindset, you're in trouble. You yeah, are you're in big trouble. in trouble. You're in big trouble. And, you know, we both worked at the same small business right out of the army doing mm-hmm. government contracting. I don't know if you ever ran into this experience, but I was running a board meeting for that company one day. It was actually my first board meeting. And these guys had rolled in and they were talking about, Bob, what do you like more, the Maserati or the Ferrari? And I'm like, got to be kidding me. I'm driving these guys around in a minivan from the airport, right? <laughs> We end the board meeting, and this is what stuck with me. These guys are beyond wealthy that I would understand at that point. We end the board meeting, and they almost in unison all open the binders, unclip the papers, and hand me the binder back. And I'm like, what just happened? They had all grown up in Dell. They had all cut their teeth in Dell. And they were like, if we had walked out of the room with that binder, Michael Dell would have killed us. Because that's a dollar fifty each that we would have all wasted because he could use that binder for the next board meeting. And that lesson stuck in my head about like not just spending money to spend it, mm-hmm. but to like be smart about it. And I've I've never forgotten that in 20 plus years. So yeah, fiscal responsibility is probably a foundational thing that helps us work well together because we both believe it so much and trust each other with those little decisions. Here's one of the ones on my list here. I put this as number one. It's going to sound funny when I say it is we both act like grownups. It's not just when it comes to money or decisions and things like that. But, you know, you and I have talked a lot about politics. You make fun of me. I make fun of you. And there's some things about politics where we are right on the same page. But I will never forget this dinner that I had. 
was after Hurricane Katrina and I'm from Louisiana and I'm talking with this couple at, at this dinner about how I think some things are ridiculous about how people won't get out. Cause my dad's one of those guys. I'm not getting out. I don't care if the cops come over my dead body. You'll have to drag me out of the house. And I'm like, well, you get what you deserve. Right. I was like, mm -hmm. if you get stuck, you get stuck. Cause you're a grown up. You made that decision. And these people were like, you've got to stop talking about this or we can't be friends. And you and I have so <laughs> many differences about little things, but yet we act like grownups about it. And we're like, dude, I don't care who you voted for or I voted like we'll make fun of each other but even like when it comes to just getting up for work we act like grown-ups about this and I see so many times where I'm talking to people and I'm like you're how old and you're bringing this issue to me why this is not a grown-ups behavior <laughs> see that so right. often in business I'm like you're acting childish and that's no way to act in business and so I will say on my list they're not in order that's just that was the first one on my list. Well, that's a good one. And I actually have that on my list. I didn't call it acting like an adult. I just wrote the word respect. At the tail end, you said something that neither of us will bring a problem to the other without recommended solutions. It's almost like the uh, golden rule, yeah. kindergarten, treat others, same thing. I don't bring anything to you unless I have recommended solutions and you're the same. I think I'm the more business conservative of the two of us. I don't know which one of us is more socially conservative, but I do believe in today's world, we both have these political and social ideologies and we do respect each other's positions. Yes, we definitely put up with each other. I put up with those baseball hats. I don't mm -hmm. even know what you look like without a baseball hat. I see it. I see it. We give each other trouble, but there's not much more I can say on this other than there is yeah. just total respect between the two of us. And I would say my last thing on this one is to your point about the respect, regardless of those differences, when it comes to personal things and stuff like that, when we come together on it, it's mm -hmm. like, we're so much on the same page. All of that stuff right. like doesn't filter into the decisions. It's like, Hey, what's best for the client? What's best for the company? Those kind of things, those personal beliefs, regardless of where they are, they don't have a place in our decision-making. And I really like that. And for me to finish up on that, I don't care that you vote for all the wrong people. <laughs> but seriously, that one actually sort of dovetails into my second one, which is being direct and open. We're conscious of each other's feelings, but business partners and us for sure, we do not dance around the issues. I'm not worried about your feelings. If I disagree, hey, Mike, I think that's boneheaded. I think we should do this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go, all right. And sometimes you'll, you'll go, you know what? This time I'm not picking that battle. I'm going to go with Josh on that. Other times you come to me and you go, listen, maybe you don't have all the facts, Josh, but here's what I have seen in the market. And here's what I'm seeing today. You'll give me that info. And because we respect each other and because we are so direct and open, I'm not butthurt mm -hmm. when you come to me and go, Josh, that's boneheaded. How about we look at it this way? And actually what normally happens, we normally, I don't know, 95% of the time, we go to the middle ground. We meet each other in the middle. I mean, that's just such a, mm -hmm. a level of respect. And I know a lot of our listeners are going, this is all great, but how do I find that person? How do I validate right. that person? And I think we're going to get to that right towards the end. Hopefully, I think we'll okay. get there as we weave through these things. But I think these are all just the whys initially. That one was on my list. That was number six on my list. I kind of wrote it under mm, honesty. Good. 
I remember this one time, you know me, I like the story. So I remember this one time it was when we had won one of the first awards we had won. And I drove into St. Louis, your mom was there for the luncheon. I don't know if you remember (laughs) that one. Yeah, I do. Your mom was there and it was such an awkward out of body experience for me, the whole thing, you know, first of all, I'm in a suit, you know, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I just wasn't myself the whole day. And I remember afterwards you sat down with me. It's probably the first and only time you were like, what's wrong with you? What's your problem? Why are you being this way? And I was like, I don't know. And so we probably talked for, you know, 30 minutes, an hour about it. And that was probably the one rub fairly early on where I was like, this just something just didn't feel right about it. Cause you know, again, I was out of my element. It was this company award, but I don't know. It just felt weird, but you didn't just let me get in my car and drive three hours home. You just sat down and talked with me about it. And we just talked. And anytime there's ever been an issue, which haven't been many, right? I I can't think of anything, just little stuff. Like we just talk about it. And if anything is suspected, there's a few times we've been like, Hey, I feel like, you know, you're being a little distant or you're a little whatever. And like, Oh yeah, it's something going on at home or, Hey, I don't feel good about this issue. Or it's that honesty and openness to just sit down and go, I sense something and I'm not going to let it fester. And we do that all the time to each other. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Our families aren't crazy close, right? I mean, we don't live next to each other, right? But I know what's happening in your in your life, in your family. You know what's happening in mine. I think that is normal. It's part of being business partners. I don't get into the nitty gritty with you, but if I do sense something, I'll ask. And there are many times where I go, Mike, I'm having, a, I'm down right now. I'm not feeling it. Just FYI, for the next week or two, if I'm sort of rash or if I'm getting angry, just work with me, right? So I, I set those mm-hmm. expectations with you. You're so bloody level. I You rarely have to do that with me. But anyway. I, I try. I try really hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. And I think if people look at this through the lens of, to address the question you brought up right before this, if they look at it through the lens of instead of trying to find the perfect partner that meets all of these, But instead, building this over time with people and focusing in these areas, I think it'll help because we didn't start off 100% in all these areas. This is a relationship built over time. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Like We came together with similar character and morals, which is one of the ones on my list. We came together with some similar beliefs and things like that. But we built it over time. It was not... We came together, it was perfect, and we never changed anything. Like We've grown a lot over the years. And as you said at the start of the podcast, it's not about the money, it's about the money. It's funny how as the money grows, you know, we have become more relaxed, more confident in who we are and what we do, the things that we do that work. And it's allowed a lot of the trust to kind of develop even further and some of those things. It's an overtime thing, not something we just flipped on at the beginning. That was probably one of my next ones there. Number five on my list is with similar character and morals. So even though we have different political, social, whatever beliefs, things like that, when it comes down to how we operate as people, as business people, it's so similar. In, in fact, I don't know that there are any differences. You know, you'll call me and say, Mike, something just happened. I needed you to know about it immediately because this that just, just happened. happened yesterday. That just, just happened, happened yesterday. yesterday. That's right. Or even you'll call and say, hey, there's a situation that I'm in. You know, it's not a big deal, but I feel like it's tricky and I want to bounce. I think I know, but I want to get your two cents. And here's my thoughts. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I would do. There's so many of those little things like that. 
when uh-huh. we're so yep. similar instead of mm-hmm. me saying, well, Josh, this is a business and we don't have to worry about A, B, or C. We can just be business people. Like we don't. We're like, no, that's not right. And we're not going to do business that way. And we both agree. So that that's one of mine. Yeah, this just goes to show how tight we are as business partners. My list, I had integrity and ethics. There is no compromise. It is either ethical or it's not. You sort of brought politics in, at least from like a business perspective. I am constantly reaching out to you. Hey, listen, we have this business partner. We're looking to do this. I don't think this is on the up and up. Or I don't feel that politically this looks... The optics, the optics of this looks good for us. I think it can injure the brand. It can injure our reputation. I don't simply do those in my head. I always reach out to you. Actually, now that you mention it, we probably do that every day. We probably reach out and and what's your two cents, right? Mm -hmm. There's that level of trust. When I first started the company, prior company, uh, more than 15 years ago, I had a business partner. Now, you know this story, but I'm going to just briefly tell our audience. I'm not going to use his name. I, I call him Funny Man, Mr. Funny Man. I've said his name maybe once in 15 years. I didn't do my due diligence. I was a young entrepreneur. Yeah, I was a business expert in federal acquisition and, and all the, you know, the tactic strategies, but I wasn't smart enough at business. And this guy, Mr. Funny Man, We went to the first VETS conference in 2011 in Reno, Nevada for veterans. And we came back and there was a $10,000 bill on one of the credit cards. And I said, hey, funny man, what is up with this? And he goes, ha, 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 ha. Oh, you're just such a, his exact word, you're so fiscally anal. I thought I'd play a joke on you. Now, my alarm bells were going off, but then he started buying technology for the family. Then all of a sudden, I was getting calls from other companies going, hey, when are you going to start working with us? And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. Well, we signed a contract with you. After 20 of those calls, I realized I was working with a con artist. Only twice in my life have I been taken by a con artist. That guy, he lost his house Within six months, he was divorced within six months, and he lost access to his daughter, Mm. his eight-year-old daughter. I don't wish that on anyone, but when you're looking for a partner, I'll go ahead and say it now. You do background checks. Now, some may go, wow, that's a little harsh or hardcore. You do background checks. How else do you know if that individual is fiscally responsible in their personal life? If they're not, what makes you think they'll be fiscally responsible in their business life? And the reason why he was doing all that is he was floating his personal debt on top of the company in addition to theft. So Mike, I will go public and say, working with you has been a godsend. Working with you has been not just comforting, but beneficial and rewarding. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm. Working with you has been so rewarding. You said you grow into a lot of this stuff over time, like trust, et cetera. Fiscal responsibility is not something that comes over time. Integrity and ethics is not something that comes over time. Those two, your potential business partner has it or they don't. And if you don't know, you must find out before you sign any paperwork. Right. And to kind of bounce off that, one of the things that's a little bit different with us than a lot of people is we had known each other for a decade before we became business partners. You True. Know, we had worked in a True. company together. You got to see me in some very, very difficult situations. Yeah. So you got to see me tested and how I responded and what happened. It was not necessarily the norm for a lot of people. Some people work together in a coworker type setting and things like that. Some people are friends, but they don't necessarily get the 
both sides of that. And, and we had seen both sides of that. And we had gone our separate ways for a good chunk of time before we got together. Based on what you just said there uh, about working with me leads me to my next one of the complimentary skills, because you're really good about just, you'll catch me off guard all the time with Mike. I really enjoy working with you. <laughs> yeah, Mike, I really enjoy working with you. But it and needs I'm to like, be said. Mike, it has yeah, to be said. You have to yeah. tell your partner that you appreciate them. Yeah. And for me, while yours is verbal, mine is just head down doing the work. I'm just going to head down doing the work. And that's kind of how I say I appreciate you. So like we're very complimentary though, because like, I'll hear that and go, yeah, I really appreciate working with you too. And, or, you know, send you a gift every now and then that you don't use or something like that. It makes you uncomfortable. I get it, Mike. I get but, it. But I appreciate it because it does need to be said. I do appreciate that. And I think it's a big deal, but it goes to the complimentary skills set of things of, you know, it needs to be said where I'm just doing the work and doing the thing, hoping that expresses it basically. But it doesn't just stop there with us on the complimentary skills, whether mm -hmm. it's technology, whether it's writing, I'll write something, I'll write a page or so, and I'll leave it in a blank word document. You dress it up and put graphics in it and it's 18 pages. Like, <laughs> oh, that's probably the level of detail it needed. Things like that, whether it's video or whatever it is, you go to the nth degree on it. It's just this complimentary thing. And so I'll kind of slide to your direction, but never get all the way over there. Because again, it's just complimentary the way you do what you do the way I do what I do. I've always heard if you have two people in the company that are 100% the same, you know, they're mirror images, one of them is worthless to the company. Yeah, I that, agree. That we have differences, but things are so complementary that it just works really well together. I think that's one of the reasons why we're successful is like you have a set of skills, I have a set of skills and they they collide in kind of like perfect harmony, if you will, where like a lot of people are like, well, I've got this set of skills and you got that set of skills, but there's a gap in the middle and mm -hmm. we don't know how to fill the gap. The way you and I look at it is we're going to learn the gap. You're learning part of the gap. I'm learning part of the gap. We never stop the learning piece, but like we identify those gaps, especially early on. And we would do research on it and figure it out, you know, whether it was setting up the membership site or moving you from one thing to WordPress or, or whatever it is. Like we had those skills to be able to overcome those early stage challenges. And mm -hmm. I think that's part of what helped build a lot of the trust and things around what we do. So those complimentary skills are big to me. So again, it's on my list. I had complementary capabilities, but diverse set of business skills. Using your analogy there of we're on two sides, we have a gap. That brings me to another one of my quotes of you're an expert at whatever you decide to be an expert at. And that brings up another one of my quotes. Uh, the difference between a job and an occupation is lifelong learning. If you and I, and we're very good at it, we're very good. If we don't know something, we will go learn how to do it. That's a part of being a business owner. Mm -hmm. But if you and I can't fill that gap, then we will pay the money and we'll outsource it. We're not going to put mm -hmm. our heads in the sand and bury them and hope for the best because hope is not a strategy. The way I look at the complementary capabilities, diverse set of business skills, we have the same end state, but our different skill sets get us there faster. Mm-hmm. That's really important. I, I totally agree. Imagine for a moment, you're both software developers. You're both really, really good at your job, but there's not a lot of differentiation there. Yeah. You need to bring a business partner in that is different than you, that has different skills. We're both geeks. We're both generalists with expertise across a wide range of government regulations and strategies, but we both combine it with strong business acumen. 
when I was thinking about getting ready for today's podcast, you know, you see the big picture. I use you to help me see the big picture sometimes, right? To see the forest through the trees, because that's what helps me step back and realign. When it comes to marketing, branding, social media, messaging, I think we're both really, really strong at it, but I think you're better at succinctly communicating it better than I am. When it comes to the financial piece, I think we started a little more unequal, but we've become so equal in that, right? As the company has grown. I think I'm stronger on the regulation side. You'll often come to me on the FAR and mm -hmm. DFAR and go, hey, absolutely. I think this is what this is. Let me bounce it off. And then I come to you on various tactics and strategies from a business development, whatever it may be. This is probably next to fiscal responsibility, the second most important thing you should be looking for when you're looking for a business partner. And that is that complementary capability, but a diverse skill set. Absolutely. I, and I, I echo everything you said is kind of spot on for me. One that is kind of entangled in that one is that we learn from each other. Bless you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We learn a lot from each other. I shared this quote with you the other day and you're like, oh yeah, it's the Bible quote, the, a prophet is without honor in his hometown, that version of that. I see that a lot in business. In fact, there was multiple people that approached me at the last couple of conferences and says, I work for my brother, I work for my sister, I work for my dad, I work for whoever, I work for my spouse. And I've been saying the things you're saying, but every time they hear it in your podcast, it resonates. I don't feel like we treat each other like that. I feel like we have very high high regard goes back to your your respect earlier for each other and our knowledge and because of that we constantly learn something from each other whether it is about the far or I've been hammering you a little bit on Stream Deck and your lighting and stuff like that. You hammered me on some of my microphone stuff a while back or social media or whatever it is on just getting better at what we do. We're mm -hmm. constantly learning from each other not just the good stuff, but the mistakes. Oh, I bought this and it was junk. Oh, I bought this and I didn't like it. Or this is very difficult and, and stuff like that. So we learn and we get smarter and faster and better from each other because we respect each other so much and the opinions yeah. of each other so much. And so that that's one of the ones on my list. I have two left on my list. How many do you have left on yours? I have three, but we've talked a lot around two of them. And so okay. I'm going to mention them when we get to them. Okay. So I'm going to save my favorite one for last, but me too. Um, That's what I'm doing. A strong work ethic. That's one of mine. That was number five uh, on my list. There are a lot of business professionals out there. Some business professionals are, you know what? I have family life. I'm working nine to five and that's it. I'm only working nine to five. Yeah, I'm a business owner, but I'm working nine to five. This goes back to, I truly believe you and I continue operating as a startup. Doesn't matter. We've been in business 15 years, but what you don't want is somebody that's, I'm sorry, but you're treating it as a part-time gig. And right. when you are a business owner, nine to five doesn't cut it. Nine to five doesn't cut it unless you're just providing, you know, your venture capital for somebody else's company or something. This is me. We are always working on the company and in the company. But I will say this, and this is so important. I didn't have this on my list, but I just realized business partners have to remind each other to take time off. You are always looking at my calendar. Josh, I don't see where you're taking a four-day weekend anytime in the next quarter or two. When are you taking time off? Josh, I want to see you scheduling four-day weekends, taking time off. Josh, I don't care that you're going to Cancun in December. That's once during 12 months. Mm -hmm. 
you're starting to do a little bit of work on Fridays on the lake, right? I've seen the videos. We just had a meeting last Friday. You're on a boat and we're talking some serious stuff about the future of our company, but you're still working. And if you're not working, you're thinking, and I trust mm -hmm. you. I mm -hmm. trust that your work ethic, and at this point, I don't have to trust anything. Your work ethic is as powerful and as strong as mine. But I would tell our audience, you need to be looking for that work ethic and a future partner, right? If all they do is talk about the yeah. vacations they take, I, you have to gauge that. So anyway, yeah. that's the second to last one on my list. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the most powerful ones. And I'm going to combine that with trust just in general. Trust was one of the ones of my last three. We trust each other so much. Everything is wrapped in trust, whether it's the financial side, the work ethic side, the honesty. I mm -hmm. trust you to not lose yep. your mind, whether it's the political things that we joke about, because we'll go to lunch and we'll talk politics, family, whatever, and we'll poke fun at each other. But we just trust the other person's reaction so much. And when it comes to that work ethic side of things, I don't tell you, hey, Josh, I'm going to be at the lake every other Friday or whatever it is. And by the way, you've got all the support. You've got all the support emails. Oh, I'm going to be at the lake next Friday. And by the way, anybody that emails me, that's on your plate. Anybody yeah. that does, it's on your plate. Like, I don't shove that off on you. I still do it. And, you know, whether we are sending emails at two o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning or noon, you know, and I know that the work is going to get done. I'm going to follow through. Now there's the occasional thing where I'll forward something to you or you're forward something to me and say, did you get this? Cause I didn't see a response or whatever. Right. Like, yep. Oh, you know what? I missed that. And it's a complete accident, but it's once a year. Mm -hmm. It's so rare that we right. miss something or drop the ball that we go out of our way to say, hey, I missed this. I forgot about <laughs> it. I dropped the ball because we're always juggling it. And I don't look at when you clock into work. I don't look at when you leave. In fact, there's a lot of times oh, you may be working earlier point. than me or that's or, good or point, Mike. Yeah. yeah, that's tracking yeah. and clocking in. We trust each other to be clocked in 24-7. We're just clocked in. We're yeah. just clocked I mean, in. That's right. And there's plenty of times where you will call me at 4.30 or 2.30 yeah. and be like, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Here's 18 rapid fire, whatever. And by the way, I'm fried. I'm done for the day. I'll talk to you in a day or two. Or better yet, we'll go three, four days and there's only an oh, email or two. You are taking my thunder. And by the <laughs> way, I was wrong. I didn't have two left on my list. I actually missed one. I've been checking these off as we go. One like of them you. was unwavering trust. We trust each other so much. What I was going to say on the unwavering trust was there are weeks where we go by two, three, or four days, now two or three days without actually talking to each other. We'll email back yeah. and forth, but you've got your mission. I've got mine and our two missions together run the company. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. So do you want to do your last one or do you want me to do my last one first? I kind of have another one that just came up when you brought that of one up. Course. So let me do that. Of let me, course. let me do that one. Out of all those things there, we also share the successes with each other. That's something I think mm -hmm. is really important because not only do we share it financially, but you know, you'll call me from a conference. You do this a lot more than I do. Aww, when I'm on the road, I, I usually I don't do. call. I usually don't call, right? Nothing. But when you're on the road at a conference 
you're very good about. I just had this great keynote and 15 people came up and I think we got a new client or I just had this great meeting with this person. You'll share those little successes that are all just like boosts of energy into the company. Yes. You'll share, you're really good about doing yes. that from the road. And, you know, sometimes when, when we're together or talking like this, we're like, oh man, do you realize revenue wise what we did last month or we have our quarterly finance meeting? Like, you realize it's the biggest check we wrote each other. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, you know, and we're like, what are you going to do with it? You're Mr. Fiscal Responsibility. You know, I'm going to put it all into retirement. And Mike's like, I'm getting new floors. Although you'll, you'll be really glad at this one. I've maxed out with this one. I've maxed out all of the retirement stuff on this check. So you'll be really proud nice, of it. Yeah, that one. Nice. But, but awesome. it's, just, it's just the sharing of the successes and you're happy that I'm on the boat and all those kind of things. But we're, mm -hmm. but we're happy for each other and as a company and we share that success. Absolutely. I think the over under on the last one will be 80% that yours is the same as mine. We'll see. Okay. Our passion. It's not the it, same. It, that wasn't yours. Not the same. I agree, but it's not the same. For me and our <laughs> listeners, as you're looking at future potential partners, Mike, all these other things aside, you and I have a level of passion, a passion to help others, a passion for success, a passion to make money. For our listeners, those that aren't clients, almost all of our clients that work with Mike and I and, and many of our coaches say that one of the reasons that we continue working with you is that passion. And that's what we're known for in the market is our passion for what we do and helping others. That is the last one. I am disappointed that yours last one is not also passion. <laughs> all right. So what's yours? Okay, so I had to add one to the list when you said that. So oh, here we go I, again. <laughs> so, so I've got two, and I think it, it goes into passion, right? But what ties into passion for a lot of folks that I hear a lot is not only our passion, but our authenticity. Who you see is what you oh, get when it comes to both of us. That's good. Yeah. Like there, there's no fake anything. I would tie that to the passion because I hear that so much from people. We're just real. And, and so we're not playing, forget about real politics, mm -hmm. like, senators and Congress and press. forget about that. Think company politics. We don't have that. We don't play a political chess game. We're just very authentic and real with each other, with our mm -hmm. audience. And I think that has really resonated well with a lot of people. That ties into the passion one. My last one, mm -hmm. I know this will be on your list once you hear it, is we both have a good sense of humor. We, uh, we both play with, with yeah. each other yeah, and yeah. we joke. So even when we're dealing with something crazy, I'm kind of like Chandler from Friends where I deal with awkward things with humor. <laughs> That's, you know, anything going on, I deal with it with humor. It's just kind of how I, I've grown up over the, I grew up in the sitcom era. But being able to just laugh at ourselves, you know, I pick on you, you pick on me, I call you Rain Man and I'm Tom Cruise because you're mm. smart and I'm good looking or, or whatever it is, right? Right. Because right. uh, right. I'm like, I, I know you're smarter than me, you know, and I'm just going to give into that. Just the ability for us to pick and play and joke around with it and not be so serious because there's so many of, I'm going to say it's colleagues where I get on the phone and I'm like, dude, you're dressed up in a suit and that's, that's cool. But everything is so hospital like feel institutional. That's the word I was looking for institutional mm -hmm. feeling where it's so freaking serious. And I'm like, there's gotta be some fun in the business and fun between the, are like, why are you doing it? And so I think a lot of people lack that. And, and we have a good balance because we can both be very serious, but we have a sense of humor. Yours is a little bit different than mine, but we both laugh at each other all the time. I can't fault any of these final ones that you're putting in here. You know, the humor. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're always laughing and, and, and cracking jokes at each other. I mean, I poke fun at you. But what's important on this is that we also do it with our clients. Yeah. Right. It is very normal for me to be on a call with a client that's got eight or nine or even 10 of the employees on the strategy session. And towards the end, I'll go, let's go around the room. Anybody have any alibis, any, you know, final comments for, for today's session. And when I, we're done, I'll pick one of the individual. I know everybody on the call. I'll pick one. Let's say her name's Amber. And I'll be like, Amber, Hey, listen up. Our next session. I need you to keep it down. You were a little distracting. And she didn't say a word the entire strategy right. session, right? And everybody starts laughing. That's also a tactic. And, and I'm okay with our clients knowing this. That's also a tactic for retention. Whether your client is another company, it's B2B, it's a government buyer, it's B2G, finish a meeting on a smile and a laugh. It does wonders, right? So it's not just mm -hmm. you and I, it's also the clients. And I'll finish up on the, the whole humor thing. Anybody that went to the 8A, National 8A and HUBZone Contractors National Council Awards Gala at the World War II Museum in New Orleans, Louisiana, right? And this was just mm -hmm. this year, what, back in May. Yep. And you and I talked about that before. And I said, you know what? First of all, getting you into a suit is like pulling teeth. Actually, I think it's more difficult than pulling teeth. You, your personal brand is biz cash with a baseball hat. Yes. For all of those wondering, it took me, I think, five or six years to accept this with mine. Because they say you got to accept some obnoxious thing with every one of your friends, That's right? right? That's so, right. So that was, that was mine. But what did we talk about and what did you wear at the awards gala that just blew everybody's mind? Well, the fact that I didn't wear the hat. You didn't wear the hat. Like, didn't wear the hat. And you uh, wore a... I, I wore a suit. No, and so that you did not wear a suit or oh, a tux, a tux. You yeah, wore a tux. Yeah, I went all the and way out. So everybody yeah. was like, "Oh my god, that's Mike. That's Mike. Mm -hmm. He's wearing a tux." You're forgetting the Lost in Leesburg, which was probably one of my favorite things yeah. I've done over over the years is taking photos of Josh lost in the tunnels at the Hub Zone conference. So if you haven't <laughs> followed that, you know, it's lost in the tunnels and my post, he kind of reminds me of Despicable Me because I thought about that afterwards, right? You know, just, just being able to have fun with it is such a big deal. Let's wrap up with this. So we talked about all these things. I think what I said earlier about how do you find this person is you find somebody with a couple of these and, and you've talked about the foundation, the trust, the fiscal responsibility, mm -hmm. um, the complementary skills. Those may be the foundation. And then you start to build on the others. If you don't know that person, some background checks are, are possibly a thing. But, you know, I think for us, just being able to find somebody you knew, I knew you, I liked you. I trusted you. I felt like we had a, a really good chance at being successful. You know, you were already doing things and were successful. It wasn't like a lot of the people that come to me and go, Bob's working a full-time job. And I'm working a full-time job and we're going to try to throw this together in the weekend. And by the way, we don't have any cash. We don't have any reserves, but we're going to try to do this. I think in the, in a lot of those situations, there's a lot of trust. Probably mm -hmm. there's a lot of hope as you said earlier, which is not a strategy. And that can actually rip friends apart when they don't come into it with any of those things. So there, there was no stability in a lot of those relationships that I hear about that don't work. And that, that may be another one that here, there's so much stability on both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your problems are your problems. My problems are my problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those things where there's stability. And I, I think I told you early on, you know, it was probably in year two or three. I'm like, Josh, I am not your problem. 
I don't know if you remember this conversation. It was, you know, we were early on, revenue was growing, but we're like, we're not sure. I'm like, if you got to cut me loose so that your family can get fed this month, then that's what you do. Oh, because, I remember that. I remember cause, that. Yeah. Because my problems are not your problems. You know, at the time, I, I don't know if I was a partner in the company. Even if I was, I was like, I got by on myself without this. And I could get by without it in the future because mm -hmm. I wouldn't look at it and be like, well, Josh, man, you know, you wrecked my financial future because we got together and it didn't grow or whatever. But a lot of people would. A lot of people would be like, hey, you know, we were buddies and you brought me on and it failed. And now, you know, I hate you. We were never like that. It was just different. I don't know if you've got any final tips or thoughts on how does somebody go about finding this person or cultivating this? And then we didn't address how do you deal with if you wake up and you're like, oh, I got the wrong partner. We should leave that for last. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. Whoever you do find to be a business partner, the things you don't grow into, the ones that must be there as a foundation are the fiscal responsibility, the integrity, the ethics, including having a strong work ethic and the complementary capabilities, but diverse skill set. I have nothing really new to add on that. If you've got the wrong business partner, this is probably a podcast for another time. You know, it all depends. What's the equity share? It's a lot easier if you're not making a lot of money yet, right? Right, um, right. Once the company is becoming more and more successful, oh, you know, having to buy out a partner and, and yeah. it gets expensive. So I don't think we can do justice today on this podcast. Let's, you know, do, final let's do another podcast on that one. But my only parting shot on that one would be you got to address it. You can't let something fester. That has been a theme as we've talked about here with honesty and openness and trust and all that, where we never let anything fester. We just don't. And if you're in a situation where you have heard this podcast today and you're like, I don't have that kind of relationship, I'll reiterate, it was built over time, a lot mm -hmm. of time. So there's that, but you've got to be willing to address it. I was talking with a client yesterday who had a, I would call it a negative relationship with somebody on his team. And I've said, you got to do a soft reboot. So there's a soft or mm -hmm. there's a hard reboot. You haven't done any sort of reboot. You've got to do a soft reboot with this person because you're telling mm -hmm. me you haven't communicated expectations. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. And if you left all of that up for just interpretation or I think they're just going to, you know, figure it out and, and read my mind. No, they're not. You've got to communicate. We communicate so much, which has been a theme of, of today. You've mm -hmm. got to communicate that through a soft reboot with that person or else it's just going to get worse. And then if that doesn't fix it, then it's a hard reboot. And that hard reboot may be going separate ways. It just all depends. But I think addressing it's the main thing. I don't know if you've got any final thoughts for folks, but um, this is probably one of my favorite podcasts. Mine too. And my final thought is not for the audience. My final thought is for you. Um, That's one of those. Thank you again for all the years. I mean, we're coming up on a decade and mm -hmm. it has been a privilege and an honor to, to work alongside you. Thank you for listening to everything that I say, doing everything. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, really though, this is a virtual pat on the back and a hug. I have absolutely loved working with you and look forward to many more years. Same here. It's been such a pleasure. And it's been, I won't say it's been unexpected, but it has. You know, I don't think either one of us knew 10 years ago no. where we were going. No. Our success has been such an explosion, but I also know it's because of the two of us together. Yep. It's the powerhouse. So I appreciate that. I echo all those things. Love you to death. We'll see everybody next episode.
I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.